0: Coming up on today's show, John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated is back in to give us some knowledge on the 2022 recruiting class. We'll tap into that big brain of his right here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day you we'll
0: Welcome to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. Alongside John Garcia, Jr., the Director of Recruiting over at SI, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're going to talk about the class of 2022 today in the Big Ten in football, because a lot of incoming freshmen, of course, with a lot of talent, as always in this conference. And John, of course, always has the insight on what we need to know with these guys that are coming in. John, let's start big picture, because it's a big, big picture in the Big Ten, always in recruiting. What things stand out in the 2022 class?
1: Oh, wow, that's a great question. Um, With the Big Ten, you usually get a whole lot of great defensive players, right? So certainly – You look at the SI 99 rankings from 2022, and a bevy are headed to the Big Ten, specifically on defense. Like Michigan signed multiple SI 99 DBs, Ohio State brought in multiple SI 99 defensive linemen and linebackers. Uh, So, you know, Penn State did the same thing. So it's usually those schools uh, on that side of the ball, but you, you saw counters too. I mean, I think the quarterback influx into the Big Ten is, is going to be really strong from that 2022 class. I and mean, we think of down the line, guys like Drew Aller at Penn State, Devin Brown at Ohio State are going to factor into this thing uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, obviously, both of those programs have starters that we think are, are on their last leg in college. Uh, so you know, certainly those will be some positions to keep an eye on down the line. And then if you go kind of almost looking at different positions here selectively. Um, I love obviously what, what Ohio state did at wide receiver. Uh, I think running back and Nicholas Singleton was, was uh, the top guy in the country uh, for us at, at, sports illustrated him going to Penn state, I think is is going to be a home run fit and hit there uh, down the line as well. And then, you know, some of the schools that we're not used to talking about at the very top of this thing um, also had some really nice recruiting wins. What do you think of um, uh, Xavier Nwangpa at Iowa? of course the most famous recruit in Iowa that since I've started covering recruiting you know him staying in state big deal you certainly expect him to play earlier you go to nebraska with with jaden gold outside of the the New Jersey area, Um, former USC commit. That was a big deal. He's an SI 99 nickel type that we think is going to play pretty early uh, in that Nebraska defense. So uh, as usual, the big 10 was great. Uh, Many schools in the top 10, I believe Michigan, Penn state, and of course Ohio state were in the top 10 of the recruiting rankings. Uh, So kind of par for the course uh, business as usual with the big 10, but for me, it always kind of starts on defense.
0: You mentioned quarterbacks. We talked on the show about how teams have really just struggled to recruit quarterback, especially at the level that Ohio state has. And especially recently, I mean, you bring up guys like Drew Rowler and then Devin Brown, Devin Brown. I mean, I've got questions as to just how much time he'll get it all given that he's got a couple of five stars coming in behind him at Ohio state waiting for, with commits. But as far as the quarterback class goes, you mentioned that you think it is going to matter at some point down the road, how good these quarterbacks are. Why do you, I guess, what, is the difference between them and what quarterbacks the big 10 is used to recruiting.
1: I think these are guys who can play off script. I think these are big athletic passers that can challenge that perception that, Hey, the big 10 is, you know, playing pro style run first type of football. Uh, Over the last couple of years, I think you've seen an influx of quarterbacks that could really make plays outside the pocket or unconventionally when they do have to, uh, improvise and, and be athletic. I mean, look at J.J. McCarthy at Michigan as a freshman last year. Everybody's still, I'm assuming, clamoring like, hey, like, are we going to see more of this guy? Uh, there, there's an excitement uh, element that, that these guys bring uh, to the table. Uh, with Aller in particular, he does that and he's massive. I mean, he's like 6'5", 235 pounds. I mean, he looks like Josh Allen out there uh, and and he's just a high school freshman. So I think it brings just a different level of of quarterback into the conference where we kind of put them in a box uh fairly or unfairly right you this is a system quarterback or this is a game manager a guy who's gonna you know you think of wisconsin and minnesota this guy's gonna protect the football not make that cr- the critical mistake i think iowa has some of that perception around them as well so getting away from that with a little bit more you know gunslinger like maryland wants to recruit or a guy who could really move and play off script. I think that gives you a little bit more excitement for, for the casual fan, but obviously, you know, it gives you a larger margin for error for some of those offenses that are maybe rebuilding an offensive line or, or lacking some talent elsewhere um, at the same time.
0: Have you seen this as something that's a singular occurrence or something that's been trending over the last few years, as far as quarterback recruiting specifically, because you mentioned big 10 football, I've been big on that has to be the reason why huge quarterbacks don't come here. If you want to air it out, big 10, isn't what you think about.
1: Yeah, that's important because most of these kids in high school are playing in a wide open spread, uh, almost pass first offense. I mean, you see some of these stats that some of these high school kids are putting up and throwing for four and 500 yards every single week. Uh, So naturally you fit into those schemes better at the next level. And for the, for the larger part of, of, this century, I would say, you know, those have gone towards the Pac 12 uh, and the Big 12. And then more recently, the SEC and ACC have been able to, to combat that as well. So the Big 10 is like maybe the last one that a lot of people have been waiting for. Hey, you, you guys need to come around too, so that, you know, some of these elite high school quarterbacks can stay in in your footprint as opposed to looking to play uh, in another conference or outside of the region because of that perception. So it, it does work both ways though, uh, because you could just get an influx at other schools and now you can develop in the Big Ten where developing in that, that position is just not something We see with with the Blue Bloods, Um, but there's certainly always room for more talent at that position and more modern talent at the position. So I do think it's something that you're seeing programs make a concerted effort for. I was just talking about uh, Wisconsin just went to South Dakota to offer a three sport quarterback who's really athletic and ran for like twelve hundred yards last year. You know, that's not something your brain goes to when you think of a Wisconsin quarterback, but, you know, even the most conservative and conventional are trying to be a little bit more outside the box. And I think that's important to start to reverse that perception because remember that, that was the sec a few years ago, right? We saw, Oh, they're just going to play defense and run the football and that's kind of it. But, you know, once the urban Myers and the Lane Kiffins went into that conference that started to shift and and that's when they started to really stranglehold the dominance they've had in, in college football for the most part. Do you see that uh, changing quickly? I I guess we're getting a little way from recruiting here, but
0: just, I mean, style of football right now, the big 10 is still very much in that mode. And yeah, maybe it's changed a little bit, but at the same time, I'm sitting here thinking like is Iowa, at least in the point where Iowa was still winning games last season, like are people really thinking in big 10 that this Iowa team can ground and pound its way to beating Alabama at a national stage? Like that's never going to happen. It's either something that's, unrealistic, or you got Alabama on the worst day ever, the game of college football isn't being played this way anymore. And it doesn't seem like it's a way that's able to win, at least not at the highest levels in the big 10. Sure. Everyone fights for the big 10, but I'm talking about trying to produce national contenders that don't come out of Columbus.
1: Right. Yeah. I think that's a good caveat there, but yeah, I think I don't have the numbers in front of me, but if you look at the last, I don't know, 10 national title games, do you remember a slow one, or do you remember one where <laughs> the losing team was under 28? Like not That's really. a great question. we really, look that up. It doesn't really come to mind. You know, you think of some some that were shootouts, uh, and some where even when they were a blowout, that second team, like Bama and Ohio State two years ago, Ohio State started scoring in the second half, and all of a sudden Bama needed to put together a couple more drives to really kind of put that thing out of reach. So even the losing team is, is well into the 20s more times than not, uh, and sometimes more than that. So, yeah, you, you've got to put up points. And I think the sooner you be, you begin to push more towards that level of football, you will have more long-term success because now the Big Ten has hit every mark but that national title since 2014, right? You, you've, you've gotten back into the playoff. Even a non-Ohio State team has gone to the playoff multiple times in the last – 10 years from the big 10. So you've, you've checked every other box other than getting back over that final hurdle. And I think a lot of people associate that with a lack of one elite quarterback play, but two just explosive wide open offenses. You don't all have to move to the Ohio state model, but a hybrid in between could still work. I mean, look at Georgia, they weren't wide open with it, but they were efficient when they did throw the football and they kept Alabama's defense you know, balanced and honest. And I think that provided more running lanes for their running backs and they were able to take control of the game last year. So it doesn't have to be 55 pass attempts, but it doesn't need to be 15 either. Some, some happy medium I think is the way college football has been trending and will probably continue to trend for the foreseeable future.
0: Just to circle back on that Ohio state scored 42 in, I guess, January, 2015 then just winning scores up until now, 45, 35, 26, Alabama, Georgia in 2018. Then 44, 42, 52, and Georgia won with 33. Also three, I think, if, yeah, three of those seven losing scores were at least 25 points too. So, yeah, you need the offense.
1: <laughs> it's, it's simple, yeah. I mean, that's I always start with the title games because it's like that's the goal, right? So if you, you go there and you work your way back, uh, yeah, it, it just tells you that you, you've got to I mean, look, just look at the Big Ten. You want to beat Ohio State, you better score because, yeah, their defense was awful last year, but they're still putting up crazy numbers offensively. Um, and, and Michigan was able to do that with with a more conservative style. So it can be done, but it can't just it can't be an absolute where you're only throwing when you absolutely have to that. I just don't see any way that is sustainable in terms of you know winning games in January.
0: If you've been listening to the show for a while now, you know that Built Bar is always coming out with new stuff, and they've got a good one here in their latest batch. It's the Brownie Batter Puff. It's a new thing from Built Bar, the Built Puffs. Maybe you've heard us talk about them before. These are their protein bars that are covered with 100% chocolate, but the Built Puffs have marshmallow on the inside. It's chocolate on the outside, marshmallow on the inside, and in this particular case, a brownie batter flavor to it on that inside too. If you're a chocolate lover, you're going to want to try this one out. And I know what you're thinking. It it can't have all that chocolate and brownie batter and marshmallow in there and still be good for you, right? Let me read the numbers for you. 17 grams of protein, seven grams of sugar, only 140 calories. It's all the stuff you want and none of the stuff you don't. You've come to love it from Built Bar. And now they're just honestly throwing everything out the window as far as the rules for protein bars go. It's brownie batter, inside chocolate, while still staying under 150 calories and giving you the protein you need. If you go to built.com right now, you can see it and every other thing that Built Bar has to offer. And of course, use our code LOCKED15 there to get 15% off your first order. Again, at built.com Let's talk recruiting more, John. Here is again, John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated's recruiting here with us today. Who's the team that filled a need here in this offseason team that was desperate to get something and just get some bodies and got them
1: yeah well I think you could begin to make that argument at a lot of places uh, I I oh, yeah. go back to gold in Nebraska I think uh, offensively they really utilize the portal so that that defense which showed some promising signs in 2021 just needs a few more pieces a few more playmakers on the back end and quietly they've been able to produce some at, at a high NFL level losing a guy like Cam Taylor Britt hurts. So can you come in and replace him with a young defensive back? And I think Jaden gold could potentially be that for Nebraska as early as this year, big physical, versatile defensive back. Uh, So that comes to mind relatively quickly. I I think if you go elsewhere inside the big 10, I look at Michigan. I think that everyone it's easy to just say, Oh, well, all these edge rushers are gone. So what are they going to do? I think they've got some younger players already on the roster that are going to move forward and step up in in those roles. But I think in the secondary, there could be room for some of these young players to hit immediately. You know, Will Johnson was a huge... Uh, in-state get for Michigan, big physical corner with great ball skills. And then late in the cycle, they they grabbed Keon Sab from IMG Academy, former Clemson commit, who's more of your safety nickel type. Um, obviously, Dax Hills, you know, first rounder, he's gone. I could see him factoring into that conversation uh, for Michigan because you're talking about, okay, how, how do you win? You know, you, you need to play offense and score a lot of points. How do you play against that? Obviously, more depth and versatility in the secondary. And I think both of those – SI 99 recruits Johnson and sab can play with anybody they played great competition in high school uh, and I believe they'll have an opportunity to play early in Ann Arbor which is going to be important if Michigan's going to back up uh, you know what they did in 2021
0: other individual guys who you think could get on the field right away and be names that people know
1: yeah, I mean I was I was looking at Denny Dennis Sutton at at Penn State, a great pass rusher who's maybe built to rush from the interior. We've seen Penn State turnout linebackers and edge rushers. So that interior pass rushing presence, if he continues to, to mature physically, I think Dennis Sutton could be an instant impact defensive lineman at Penn state, which is really hard to do because they recruit the front seven uh, about as well as anyone. So defensively, that's where I go. I think CJ Hicks will be a, a conventional or excuse me, an unconventional Uh, nickel linebacker type at Ohio State you know that group needs a whole lot of repair from what we saw in 2021 and and he's a three down type who could utilize his length as a pass rusher uh, in a pinch or he can drop into coverage which is really important in in today's modern linebacker so I think some of those make a lot of sense and then back to Nwangpa at Iowa I I don't think he's going to sit you know they um, you know Dane Belton was kind of this hybrid at Iowa, where he was like a safety linebacker, nickel, depending on what the offense looked like, I think Nwankpa can step into that role and do some of those same things. He's actually bigger than Belton was as an NFL prospect. Uh Nwampa was bigger as a high school uh, senior entering his freshman year. So I think he could do some of those things and, and become a big name in Iowa right out of the gate. All right, I want to go through just some individual players
0: and get like a little rapid fire here on the back end. Just I'll say a name, go top to bottom as far as like top guys in the class. Just give us the quick like couple of bullet points on who this guy is as a player. As I feel like this is at least one of the things that if you're into recruiting, you're looking at, you're looking at the top list, you're looking at the top guys, seeing where the competition stands up. Let's start with CJ Hicks, the linebacker, Ohio native, five-star recruit, easy
1: get for Ohio State in-state. Who is this guy? Lengthy, rangy striker uh, who can be that tone setting linebacker downhill, but uh, has enough lateral ability and explosiveness to rush the passer and maybe drop into coverage and wall off a tight end or shield a running back uh, headed to the flats, combat. Anything you see in space, which is really what you have to have nowadays, you know, with the screens and, and some of the slip stuff we see uh, on the outside as an extension of the running game, you need linebackers who could run and track and, and finish when they get to the contact point. And, and that's what Hicks is. Still at Ohio State, Sonny Styles, another Ohio native
0: five-star recruit at safety and a big one.
1: Yeah, reclassified, massive, hybrid, I don't even know. Uh, we, we're we starting to call these guys monster backs. Uh, so basically your cam oh. chancellors of the world of yesterday uh, with the Seahawks, your big physical safety types who can play in covers, but really you want to work downhill to cover a tight end, enforce the the rush game, or even rush the passer. These monster backs are starting to pop up year in, year out. James Williams was a freshman who who got that experience at Miami as a monster back last year, made a big splash. I think Sonny Styles can be that for Ohio State as early as this year. I mean, he could literally play at all three levels uh, with success. Uh, He's a younger guy. He reclassified from the 23 class up to the 22 class but Ohio State was good with that for a reason and again they they've got a lot of room to improve on defense so any guys who could play multiple positions and offer more than one trait are going to be more inclined to see the field and and styles as as athletic at that size as as we've seen of late over the last several years so that's a big deal.
0: Six four two fifteen, and again you mentioned overachieving only supposed to be a senior in high school this coming (laughs) year. Cornerback uh, Will Johnson, as we stay on the defensive side of the football, you mentioned defense is where the Big Ten starts. At Michigan, he'll be a corner there, and uh, Michigan could use it.
1: Yes, big physical ball skills, savvy player, competitive at the line of scrimmage, a guy who could uh, be that boundary corner that really shuts down one side of the field, whether he's at the line of scrimmage challenging wide receivers to disrupt timing or playing off because he's he was a great wide receiver. He's got that instinctive ball tracking ability, and he's got enough length and range to finish when the ball's in the air. So one of those that you're, you're going to challenge because he's a young freshman and he's so big, uh, but he's got the hips to stay outside at corner at immense size. I mean, I don't know what he's listed at by Michigan, but is 6'2", 6'3", 200 pounds. I mean, a big corner that you just don't see a lot of at any level of football, especially with that kind of success. So Michigan's going to use him early for sure.
0: What I'm looking at has him at a six three one ninety, but it's not the SI list, so we're not going to give him credit. <laughs> uh, moving on, we'll get as we go on. And again, next time, I will have the SI list up. I wasn't thinking about that. Uh, you mentioned Danny Dennis Sutton. He's a defensive lineman coming to Penn State as we get the Nittany Lions in the conversation here
1: yeah ferocious edge rusher who's grown a lot in the last 12 months so it makes you wonder can he continue to bulk up and move inside because now your your interior defensive linemen aren't 325 pounds like they were you know in the 90s and early 2000s they're they're slimmer they're under two they're under 300 pounds with the ability to rush the passer from the interior which changes your entire defense and and he's got that combination of physicality where he can play and extend off of a bigger blocker, but enough twitch and speed to win off the edge. So that threat alone, I think, will will allow him to wreak a little bit of havoc if he does put his hand in the dirt and or move inside at Penn State, which is, I think, the projection. Staying at Penn State, Nick Singleton, the running back you've already mentioned as well. Just a balanced, I mean, think Trevion Henderson with this kid, a balanced back uh, that can do everything you need at the position, not small, big, uh, big physical back, but he's got plenty of juice on the outside, can play in space, just a gaudy physical talent uh, who, again, I, I just don't see how they keep him off the field, even with some experience coming back with Kevon Lee and some of those guys. Uh, and, you know, Singleton's going to play. He's an absolute star in the making, uh, was a runaway pick for us as the number one running back in the country. And that, that really doesn't happen at that position.
0: It'll be fun to watch the fireworks as they unfold. And whether it's Singleton or somebody else, you know, someone's going to be bringing them in the Big Ten. Uh, John Garcia Jr. with uh, Sports Illustrated on Locked On Big Ten with us here today. And hopefully once a week, too, as long as we can get you in and steal you away from everybody else here on Locked On, who I know wants to talk to you for a little bit. John, thanks for joining us here this week on short notice. It was only a little bit ago that we told John that he was going to get on with us. So uh, thanks for bringing in the knowledge by yourself. I I would have had to do all sorts of research and stuff like that. You just got it in your head. It's insane.
1: <laughs> all good. All good, man. I love it. I love it. It was a great class at 22 and uh, yeah, we'll see a lot of these guys making plays this fall. Thanks for having me back on.
0: Of course, John, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Thank you for getting on to real quick. Yeah. Yeah. It just did. Zach sent a message in that a slot must have opened up because I went in earlier this week and there wasn't anything in there Sit till, uh, on saturday when you're talking so i'm glad we were able to get you in here
1: yeah thanks so much man take care
0: yeah of course talk to you soon hopefully next week
1: (laughs) sounds good bye bye rock auto is
0: here to help you with your car it's the summer it's time to get out for a drive and if you need a repair an upgrade or something as simple as just changing the maps rock auto can help you out with their site that really just makes everything easier You cut out the middleman of having to go to the dealership or some sort of parts shop. You don't have to go anywhere as they're delivered things right to your door. If you're not a car expert, they're, of course, going to make sure that you have exactly what you need for your car specifically because there's a lot of different parts out there to choose from, of course. And again, you don't leave your couch throughout the entire time. It's cheaper without any extra steps to go through. Everything that you could really desire out of one place to go for your car. Fixing your car is stressful. Make it a little less stressful by heading over to Rock Auto. And if you use the service, be sure to put Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box to let them know that we sent you. Finishing up things here on Locked On Big Ten, thanks again to John Garcia Jr. of Sports Illustrated for joining us to talk a little bit of recruiting and a little bit of other stuff here today on the show. We kind of seem to always get a little bit off of track when we do these things every day, but It's always good fun, good conversation to be had. Before we let you go, though, of course, an update on everything we couldn't get to today in Big Ten News. First off, a whole lot of athletes of the year are starting to come out in spring sports. First in rowing. Lauren Feinson of Indiana is the Women's Rowing Athlete of the Year. Ohio State coach Kate Sweeney is the Women's Rowing Athlete coach of the year. In women's and men's track and field, the Big Ten Championships just happened. Jenna Magnus of Michigan State was named the women's athlete of the championship. Eric Harrison Jr. of Ohio State named the men's athlete of the championships. And the coach of the year on both sides, men's and women's, was Karen Dennis of Ohio State. Uh, In rowing, three teams selected to the rowing national championships out of the Big Ten, Michigan, Ohio State, and Rutgers all headed to fight for a championship with the oars. The Big Ten also said in news recently, in an unrelated note, there is no timeline on a new media deal. It still seems like it would happen a little bit sooner than later if you were asking me, but they mentioned that nothing new happening yet. They are going to keep streaming options open, but again, I'd expect that to be at least a little bit here going to be something that happens again sooner than later. But We really won't need to talk about it until more news comes up, so it's not something anyone will be losing sleep over. Finally, big, big news from the NCAA. They've removed restrictions for conference championship games, allowing conferences to choose their own title game teams. Now, This is big for what's been going on around the suggestions of removing divisions around Power Five conferences. We're going to talk more about this later on, but again, just really opens the door for conferences to try and make these moves in a way that they wouldn't be able to before. Big Ten, for example, wouldn't have had to put an Iowa in a Big Ten title game, for example, there. But again, I've already talked a lot about how I think no divisions would benefit the Big Ten a ton. We're going to talk more about this decision later in the week with Matt Sheehan on Friday. That's all for news here on Locked on Big Ten. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Coming up tomorrow, Jacob Rude is in. We'll talk to him about a CBS list of the top coaches in the country in the Power Five. Where do the Big Ten coaches stack up on the football field? That's coming up next time here on Locked on Big Ten.